guys welcome back into another pga dfs video my name is eric paulson gonna be getting to the honda classic here for you guys gonna give you guys the preview uh the core plays the top picks and then gonna give you guys some fades and then going into the lineup process using the core plays here i think this week is gonna be very crucial to a good lineup um, process kind of like last week so last week was i always do like to do the recap before we get into that so last week was kind of an easier week in terms of like lineup process if you played it safe you had a pretty good week uh but the unfortunate thing with that is like kind of playing it safe, kind of doing the correct plays is that a lot of the, I guess, more GPP style plays went off. <laughs> I always do like a GPP section for the week and like cash and GPP section. So Kalmar, Kala, JT, uh, Cameron Young, and Joaquin Neiman were all in that GPP section. And uh, I almost included Cameron Young as an outright bet last week, but the whole thought process was, you know, I just don't see him being able to win in this field this week. Uh, and, you know, it's like, I'm glad he didn't win for that reason because I would have like been kicking myself for pretty much ever if he had hit as an outright there. And it's like it ended up being right, but at the same time, it's like it would have been a fun sweat. Uh, but still, you know, it was a pretty solid week overall. Just looking at the core plays, high exposure plays, um, only one miscut. That was Taylor Gooch. Uh, and really the problem I think that people might have had last week was the Matthew Fitzpatrick withdrawal um, you know, on Thursday morning because that might have switched up their lineup approach. That would have might have made them go to golfers that they might not have wanted to, but really you could have just went to like Max Homa, um, Joaquin Neiman, Justin, Jason Kokrak, all golfers that were like in that same price point range. So it actually might've helped you out a little bit as well. But you know, last week was pretty much as expected safe plays uh, across the board. Uh, the only thing is like the safe plays didn't really go low too much, uh, which, you know, that happens. You know, at least it was a good week. So, uh, you know, we always take a good week. Can't complain about a good week. So, but we got the Honda Classic this week. The Honda Classic is kind of going to be the exact opposite of last week where it was so easy to make a good build last week. This week is going to be difficult. And I think the norm might be four out of six to cross the cut line. But let's kind of get into why it's going to be a difficult week. So we got the Honda Classic course preview here for you guys, and we're just going to show you guys the past winners. Uh, Matt Jones, 71, hit him as an outright last year. That was awesome. Probably one of the best outright uh, last year, but also Sun Jam the year prior to that, we had him. But look at the average win score and the average cut line. Um, like nine under par for the average win score, and the average cut line is 2.8 over par. That is crazy. So this is a much more harder scoring event. Uh, and one thing I want to point out is that the weather has not really been a factor this season thus far, especially in 2022. So uh, I know the scores had affected that, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see if it plays a factor again this week. But it is a Tom Fazio course design with Jack Nicholas doing some redesigns in there. It's a par 70 course, Bermuda Greens, uh, a little bit on the normal to short side. It's going to be a Parkland-style course as well. Uh, getting to the key stats for this week, both looking at the winning upside and also players that struggled. So we're we see that birdie to bogey ratio is going to be like the most key stat. You got to be making birdies, but you also can't be making that many bogeys. So we're going to be looking at that. You could look at bogey avoidance as well if you wanted to. Strokes gain approach and then strokes gain around the green. Uh, big separation though from the second to third most key stat. And then the top stat fits this week are going to be Tommy Fleetwood, Shan Lowry, Sun J.M., Louis Ustase, and Daniel Berger, and then Billy Horschel. Um, 
getting into top course history. So Tommy Fleetwood had a third and a fourth place finish here in his last two starts. Sunjay M, eighth, first and 51st place finishes. And then Daniel Berger, fourth, 36th, and 29th in his last three starts here. Uh, getting to some players with some local ties. Uh, just a lot of Florida golfers here in the field this week. There's a ton. And then recent form, got Danny McCarthy there. And then also our boy Cameron Young popping up there. Um, just, you know, we can kind of see the field uh, that we had this week in terms of strength. Not that good of a field. But this week's strategy. So avoid the bad chalk this week, guys, because I think there might be some, um, especially in that 7K range, no real reason to play them. Um, and then just kind of overall this week, you know, it's going to be a factor where there's no exact like safe plays. So you kind of want to focus on upside, but also still kind of capturing that safety. It's going to be a weird week. All right, so just going to be breaking down the top four picks in each price point here. We're going to start off here with actually Daniel Berger. So Daniel Berger is really an intriguing play this week because, well, he does rank out as the best pick in the 9-5 to five model. But, you know, the model is a model. It's not taking in the back news. So we got to figure out what's going on with his back. Is he actually injured? Is it going to be fine this week? You know, I had the week off last week. Got to wait and see. We got to see what the news is on that because if we don't get any news, he's going to be a risky play. You know, coming off of that missed cut does worry me, although I do expect him to make the cut, especially in this field. That worry is there. You know, he's more or less, if we don't get any news on his injury status, it would more or less just be a better outright bet than he is like a DFS play because if we get a missed cut or even like a 40th place finish at this price point, that's going to hurt you. So, you know, maybe more or less just a better outright bet, but we can see why he'd be a you know, high risk, high reward type play. Fourth place finish here in 2020, uh, 36th the year after that, 29th the year after that. Overall, really solid staff. It ranks top 10 in the field staff it wise, uh, 33rd in ball striking. Really the only worry with him stat wise is stroking around the green where he ranks 78th. Besides that, 7th in birdie to bugger ratio, 18th in stroking approach, and 27th in that effective or effective scoring that 9 to 5 stat. So overall, not too worried about Daniel Berger, but as a whole, he is a risk-reward type play, and at this price point, that is, I guess, the worry there with him. And we're going to get into Keith Mitchell. So Keith Mitchell, kind of the same thing. These are both golfers where, you know, maybe 10 to 15% ownership on them. Don't go crazy with it. But Keith Mitchell does have that upside. You know, we already won here once, and he was coming off of a missed cut. So that kind of tells us that, you know, risk-reward type play there with Keith Mitchell. Uh, besides our other finishes at this tournament have been 53rd and a missed cut as well. So two missed cuts here in the last four years, but he also does have a first-place finish. Look at his key stats. Actually a decent uh, fit, top 15 in the field, which kind of shocked me. You know, ball striking 16th there, show screen around the green, 39th there, effective scoring, the 9-5 to five stat, which is pretty much just predicting uh, a golfer's ability to make the cut each week and, you know, then score after that point. That's what that stat's trying to tell us. So 20, top 25 in that, love that. Uh, we look at his recent form, 10th, 12th, and missed cut. Going back to the nature of him being a risk-reward type play. Now we're going to get into two core plays for the week. Let's start off with kind of the easy one. Sunjay M. So Sunjay M, the worry with him, I guess, would be the mascot at the Sony Open. But, you know, didn't play horribly there. Just kind of an off week, it seemed like. And that was after a great stretch of golf where, you know, first place finish at the Shriners, ninth at the CJ Cup, uh, top 20 at the Houston Open, STOC, top 10. And then he kind of bounced back well after that. Uh, had a top 12 finish at the Sony uh, sixth place finish at the Gen or at the Farmers Insurance Open, and then thirty third place finish last week at the Genesis Invitational, which I see as an encouraging sign because the weird thing about Sunjay M last week is kind of a lot of the players that gave me pause last week was that they're great stat fits, but for some reason or other they had kind of struggled at the tournament. So it was nice to see someone like Sunjay M actually make the cut and you know top thirty three 
plays finish, we'll take that. That's fine with him for an event that he had struggled at. This is an event where he has done really well at. So, you know, where he has good strong course history, that really, I like that. So eighth, first, and 51st place finish. So three straight make cuts in a row, and obviously two top 10 finishes with a victory mixed in there. That's absolutely spectacular there from him. Then we'll get into kind of the key stats with him as well. Look at it. Uh, ooh, wrong slide, sorry. <laughs> He's that way, seventh in ball striking, second in striking around the green, which is crazy. I would not have thought that there with uh, Sun JM. And kind of just some random stats since we're talking about just around the green. Um, Colin Morikawa is putting this year. I was looking for like a stat to like who has improved the most with green uh, reading books being out this year. He's improved the most actually, which was kind of shocking. And then like JT Poston, one of the best putters on tour actually was the worst. He struggled the most without green reading books. And that's not exactly telling us that. I mean, it's telling us that they're just struggling right now, putting and whatnot, but kind of crazy there. It was the difference between each year is what I was measuring there, but pretty crazy there. Kyle Morikawa, nice to see. And maybe, maybe that's why Sun JM is doing good around the green. Just a good feel for it. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. It's a uh, narrative base, but maybe. How about you guys? Eighth and birdie to bogey ratio. 40th in strokes and approach, and then top five in effective scoring. That just tells us that he should have a really good week. Overall, he ranks out second best in the 9 to 5 mile. The only difference here is the specialist stat rating, which typically I don't like to do a specialist stat rating uh, because more or less it leads you into bad decisions that you wouldn't have made. But this is a week in which it's very a unique course. One, it's hard scoring. So the cut line is one over par on average. So it means a harder scoring event. I like to track that when we get that. And also easy scoring events. I like to do that as well. But Tom Fazio course design, always kind of like to look at the course designer. Um, and then also the amount of water holes I kind of wanted to put into the stat as well. So I have that included in the specialist stat. So this is more or less a week that I think we actually can use the specialist stat rating as a really good data point to go off of. Whereas most weeks I see it more or less as a filler stat, more or less as a 50 50 decision maker type of stat this week, I think it's gonna be much more, um, I guess, accurate in terms of how we should be using it. So awesome to see that he ranks out top 12 in there, which ultimately is probably the reason why he's not the best in the model, but still a strong play there. Now we're going to get into the other core play this week. It's going to be Billy Horschel. So the worry with Billy Horschel this week is actually that he's going to be too high owned. That is going to be my worry with him. And he probably won't be because two weeks ago, um, at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, he was kind of the, the easy play on the board and he wasn't chalked. So maybe he's not. Uh, you know, he's been priced down a lot this year and maybe... That keeps people from not playing them. 9.6. That is just a great price point for someone you could easily start out with. And actually, I do think this is going to be a week in which 4 out of 6 is going to be the norm across the cut line. So you could easily go Sanjay and Billy Horschel and then two of the other players I'm going to mention later on here and be setting yourself up pretty good um, with capturing that upside. If you get 4 out of 6 with a top 10, maybe two top 10s in there, you're going to be sitting really good. And I think Billy Horschel is both a safe play, but he also has that upside. I mean, look at this recent form, guys. Uh, 6, 11, 36, 23rd, and 9th. Just over the past year, he's only had two missed cuts on 19 starts. That's absolutely spectacular. And the one thing I like is that, you know, over the past year, he's only had four top 10 place finishes. And, you know, two of them, have half of them have come in the past few months, which I love to see. Course history-wise, 42nd, 16th, and missed cut. Uh, we can see strokes gain total rank. Uh, kind of just missed the cut in 2018, so not horrible there, but, you know, pretty good course history there from Billy Horschel and like I said just at this price point given his ability to make the cut and also the upside you know he's someone that I'd put on an outright betting card as well because it seems like he is very close to putting it all together and it wouldn't be shocking to see him put it all together this week that was kind of like the same 
um, thought process really with Matt Jones and Sanjay M leading into their uh, wins the previous years as well. So both plays I like this week. All right, so while I drop down into the mid-tier price point tier, uh, just pulling up a different slide. So here we go. All right, so this mid-tier price point tier is actually pretty hard this week, guys, and that's kind of the unfortunate thing. So Brian Harmon, Cameron Young, our boy Cameron Young, and uh, Jonathan Vegas and Mackenzie Hughes. So we'll start off with uh, Brian Harmon here. So Brian Harmon, you know, recent form has been kind of hit or miss, I guess, if you will. Six straight make cuts in a row, though. We do like to see that. Um, of course, history-wise, 47th, missed cut, and 33rd place finish overall. All these golfers in this price point here are more or less just shoulder shrug plays. Um, they're not really any golfers that I'd go out of my way to play, but they're all golfers that one, you know, have some upside, but two, um, be, have some risk. So because of that, you don't really want to go out of your way to play them because like going out of your way to play them and then it leads to a miscut, that's going to hurt you. But all of them are going to be pretty quality plays. So, you know, Brian Harmon, I don't mind at this price point tier, top 20 pick in the nine to five mile this week, uh, top 10 in recent form rank. And then Cameron Young. So last week I was really worried that Cameron Young would be chalk because, well, that's kind of been the theme of chalk lately. It's like you go with these guys that have, you know, some quality recent starts and you don't really care about like a miscut. And so obviously he's been a guy that's been close to winning already. This is like his third time this season after last week's results where he's been close to winning. You know, you look at the Jensen's Invitational was obviously close there. Um, a few events ago when we had him on the outright betting card and I just, like I said, I can't, I can't not have him on a betting card now because of last week. So, um, and he also had another second place finish earlier on this season. So he's been playing some great golf. Uh, stat wise, not going to be the best stat fit overall, but that effective scoring stat is pretty intriguing. Top 24 there. Like to see that. Uh, cut wise, four straight make cuts in a row. Um, he's kind of a hit or miss play, I, I would say. Not something you want to go crazy with, but I probably will have him on the betting card just because I don't want to miss out. You know, I already tweeted out that I thought he was going to win this season. And man, my heart would have broke if he won last week. It really would have. After having him a few weeks ago where he was like at the fourth best odds like halfway through round three and then just crumbled but uh moving on from cameron young you guys know i like it so moving on to cameron young jonathan vegas so jonathan vegas i worry that he might be chalk because he's kind of like the obvious go-to play in this price point range and if he is chalk maybe think about avoiding him because this is a week in which you know we can just see based off of the players in this like pricing tier they're all kind of the same play yes jonathan vegas ranks out the best but you know, we have all kind of the same plays here where I do think just given the risk with this price point tier this week might not be a horrible idea to fade him if he gets too chalky. And I'm talking about like 20% ownership or more because, you know, really good course history, guys. Four straight make cuts here with three straight top 30 finishes or better. Two straight make cuts in a row on tour. You know, he's really hitting a lot of greens. Stroking approach, 44th, and then ball striking, 22nd in that as well. So overall, pretty good stuff there from Johnny V. Not too worried about him as a pick, but once again, if he gets too chalky, that does worry me. And then Mackenzie Hughes. Mackenzie Hughes is like that hit or miss play that everyone loves, it seems like. So course history-wise, 36th, second, miscut, and 59th. So uh, recent form-wise, though, miscut, top 16 place finish, and miscut. If you go back further, it's kind of echoing the same thing there from Mackenzie Hughes. Mackenzie Hughes, though, top 30 in effective scoring, and then Struskin around the green, 41st. You know, overall decent staff hit, top 25 staff hit, course history ranked 33rd, uh, recent form rank 11th. You know, overall, he's a decent play. Don't love him, don't hate him. 
uh, overall top 25 pick in the nine to five mile this week. Once again, these plays are all a little bit too risky for me um, to like go crazy with, but I, I like them all. They could reward you. But now dropping down into that low tier price point here, uh, we're going to start off here with a core play here. Mm, we'll see. And so just being like discreet with you guys, uh, this quantum core play is just for the video purposes. More or less, he's probably going to be just like a top five ranked play in the nine to five player pool. Because uh, how I do my player pool is like core play, high exposure plays, mid exposure plays. Um, and so far this year, I've been really concentrating on, hey, a core play is a golfer that's going to make the cut. And then after that, going to give you a top 10 finish. So, so far, we've only had Taylor Gooch and Sanjay and missed the cut, which they're the correct plays checking all the boxes. And that's really what comes down to a core play for me. Like when I do my write up each week, that's what goes into that. So he won't be a core play on the player pool, but he is a player that given his price point and given his upside, he is someone that I want to go out of my way to play this week. And that's why I am going to be on him probably more than the field this week. You look at the recent form. It is pretty good as a whole. Obviously the miscut at the waste management things open, but after that 12th, 6th, 48th, 10th, 11th, miscut 17th. So, like his miscuts haven't been bad, but the upside has been spectacular from uh, Danny McCarthy as of late. So I do like him as a pick. And then kind of echoes a little bit with his uh, course history as well. Third and then three straight makes uh, miscuts. Don't exactly love that from him, but kind of just given his ability to typically make the cut or be right around the cut line. And if he does make the cut to go low, I do like that. And just given the fact that he did have that third place finish here in his most recent start. I do like that. We look at the stats, so that's what's intriguing to me as well. 46 in ball striking, 20th and short screen around the green. Birdie to buggy ratio, 63rd. Short screen approach, a little bit worried there, 100th. And then effective scoring, uh, top 35 there. So overall, decent play. Only ranks 30th in the 95 model. I guess that'd be a little bit of a worry as well. Michael Thompson is someone that might end up being chalky just because of that course history as well. 19th, 57th, 16th, 24th. That's all good stuff there from him, but we can see just not a good staff hit this week. Um, ranks out 45th in the field, which tells you the quality of the field that he's still ranking out top 45 in the field. But, you know, course history ranked really strong. Uh, recent form rank, a little bit hit or miss. So two straight missed cuts and then a top 12 place finish. He had been playing some good golf prior to those missed cuts. So maybe he's a decent play. Overall ranks out top 20 in the nine to five mile this week. So not a horrible pick. Don't mind him. And then Charles Howell as well. So Charles Howell, very interesting pick as well. So three straight golfers that struggled at the, the Waste Management Phoenix Open, but he's a good staff fit. Wouldn't shock me if he had a good week this week. Um, you know, staff fit wise, it tells us that he could have a, a strong week. Actually ranks out top 20 staff fit wise this week. So not horrible, but, you know, 7.3 is intriguing enough to, you know, maybe want to play him. And then another core play for me is going to actually be um, Zach Johnson here. So let's just, let's just do the stinger once again. All right, so this is more or less I like him because of his safety, okay? He is typically a cut maker. Now, I know he's missed a lot of cuts recent or, you know, in the past year. But recently, he's been a little bit better. So we can see he's made four out of his last five cuts on tour. And he has had some top 20 finishes mixed in there as well. So we do like that. And we also do like his course history. Uh, eighth, 67th, 59th there. That's all pretty good there as well. We look at his course designer. Um, Avastroski in total on Tom Fazio course design is much better than his Avastroski in total rank. Um, green type as well. It does do a little bit better there as well. So overall, kind of points to him being a much better pick this week as a whole. And this is kind of more or less where I'm trying to get a make cut out of a cheap price point because we do want to pay up for Sanjay and, and Billy Horschel and then kind of just go from there. So overall, 
staff at wise not going to be the best staff at wise as well. So, you know, just a decent play that I don't mind uh, this week. And now looking into the values here, you could easily end up on some of these values this week. And guys, the, the most frustrating thing about last week was that four out of the five value plays made the cut last week. And it was Cameron Young, KH Lee, and Martin Laird, and then Sebastian Munoz, all guys that had, you know, really solid weeks. And the frustrating part was that, you know, going studs and duds, you naturally want to end up on Rom, Cantley as like starters in that build. That was, that was a little bit frustrating because they did not have their best week. Still made the cut though. Obviously that's why they're solid plays each and every week. So a little bit frustrating there, but JJ Spawn casually popping up here, guys. So JJ Spawn, you know, decent recent form, 16, 31st. And, you know, I like that. I'll take that from him. I'll, overall, not not someone you want to go crazy with because overall, just not a solid pick, but recent form ranked top 20 in the field. You know, that's really what you're looking for down in the value tiers is like one data point to go off of, like maybe suggest why you might have a good week. That's kind of what that's telling me there with J.J. Spawn. Kind of same thing with Mark Hubbard where, you know, a strong course history, 46 and 11th. Uh, decent stat rank play as well. Uh, let's ignore the ball striking where he's horrible. Other than that, struggling around the green, 16th. Uh, uh, birdie to bogey ratio, you know, top 60. Same thing with struggling to approach. Effective scoring, top 80. That's okay. You know, overall, the recent form could be better. That's really where he's getting knocked. But, you know, top 30 stat fit. Course history ranks seven. You know, he's an okay value play. We're trying to find reasons to like maybe possibly play a value play this week. And th- these are the reasons that we're finding. Uh, so Vaughn Taylor, kind of the same thing. It'd be the fact that two straight made cuts in a row. Sure, that's good. Strokes getting around the green third. Sure, that's good. Uh, three out of four made cuts here at this tournament. You know, that's okay. I believe he's a Florida guy. So, you know, that's fine as well. And then uh, Satoshi Kadira, decent pick as well. So three straight make cuts in a row. Do like that. His most recent start at this tournament was a make cut. Uh, prior to that, two missed cuts. You know, he's someone that's a decent stat fit. Actually, it ranks top 40 in that effective scoring stat. Overall, top 25 staff in the field. Um, these golfers all rank out as golfers that should be right around a made cut, except for Mark Harbert, where he's getting a little bit of a bump. So very interesting there. Let's show you guys uh, the fades, and then we'll show you guys the lineup approach here, uh, and then we'll be getting out of here. All right, so we're just pulling up the matchup tool here on 95 Sports, and then we're just going to select the players that I think you know, I'm a little bit worried about this week. So the first one is going to be Brooks. Once again, you know, just Brooks Kepka. He's priced up each and every week. And, you know, besides the Waste Management Phoenix Open, where he had a third-place finish, the risk hasn't met the, met the reward. And really, there are some other top-end picks that you could have ended up on that week and, you know, been pretty, pretty good. So... Yeah, I'm just a little bit worried about him as a pick. We can see event history, course history, miscut, and a second place finish. I guess if you like, this is more or less where you could go with uh, kind of the Daniel Berger route, where if you want to play him in fantasy sports this week, maybe just throw a little bit on him uh, for an outright bet. That might be the approach to go with. And then I'm kind of just going to continue that theme of like golfers that are a little bit too risky for me uh, to roster them this week. Uh, Gary Woodland. Gary Woodland has, you know, pretty good course history. And then also um, has been playing a little bit better as of recent. He probably should have made the cut at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He didn't. Uh, it was a little bit shocking there. Uh, but overall, these two don't rank out that well, especially given their price point. So that's going to be the worry. And then kind of an obvious one here. And this is one where he probably should play a little bit better here. This, like, would be the course where he plays well. Patrick Reed. And there's some stuff. That might have suggested that Patrick Reed was like cheating last week, which is kind of interesting to me. But 
you know, overall, Patrick Reed is someone that grinds out made cuts. Um, so maybe that's going to be the reason he makes a cut, miss a cut at the Genesis Invitational, and really just hasn't been playing great golf this season. Um, yeah, just all these guys are just priced up a little bit too much, a little bit risky. But once again, guys, I am focusing on fades that like have a chance if they put it all together to go out and get like a win. So I want to be a little bit risky. Obviously, these guys are more name value this week. Um, but just given their price points, I think they're a little bit too risky this week. And now just getting into the optimal lineup approach, and then we'll be getting out of here. All right, so let me pull up. Let's just go back in here. I'll pull up the lineup tool, and we'll be showing you guys the core plays and how they would look in a lineup. So let's select Sunjay M here. Let's select Billy Horschel. You know, that's pretty easy, I think. And now let's find Denny, and let's find... Um, Zach Johnson. All right, so based off of those four, the average mile rank is 15th. That's that's decent. Uh, stat rank 25th, and course history rank 35th. I feel like this tells us all we need to know about this week is that it's just not that good um, in terms of quality. Whereas like last week, we could get a you know solid starting point where like everything was top 10 or better. Really think that sums up the week pretty well. So let's just go with um, a couple of other plays here. Um, Michael Thompson, sure, why not? And let's see here. Um, I don't know. There's decent picks all around this price point here, but let's let's go with someone I highlighted. So Mark Hubbard, um, that's overpriced. Buy 600, so I'm probably not. Michael Thompson, so we'll go down from Michael Thompson. We'll go with Charles Howell. Uh, let's see if we can fit uh, Mark Hubbard in. Not as much, so let's see. All right, so we're 100 off. Probably have to go off of Charles Howell then, which I don't love, but hey, let's see what we can do. I mean, you could go Mark Hubbard instead. Uh, we'll toss him a Tia shop. Why not? Sure, just random. Decent pick at his price point, I guess, but... I want to point this out to you guys. So like the goal each week is to have a lineup with 70% chance to get six for six across the cut line. This week, six for six percent is going to be bad. It's like 65% chance, which is not good. Obviously the worse you get down, the worse it's going to be. So average model rank of this lineup is 24, which isn't horrible, but course history rank 44th. That's not good. Uh, stat rank 26, recent form rank 14th, all stuff. That's not good. Uh, projected fantasy points much lower this week than it was last week so overall it's gonna be a risky week and that's just kind of what you need to know this week is that you know part of this week is focusing on the upside because you know you're gonna have some missed cuts that's just gonna happen if there is someone that is bad chalk this week don't be afraid to fade them because we've gotten some bad chalk recently had to talk some people out of it on the nine to five chat uh thomas Pierce last week was someone where i'm like it just doesn't make sense given the players and his price point here that he's like doubled the ownership of them um one player that I called out specifically was like Robert McIntyre. It's like the logic behind McIntyre and Thomas Peters, like the difference in their ownership just doesn't make sense. And I'm not saying that like, Oh, McIntyre was a better pick, but like the ownership was just strange. Obviously like McIntyre did better. I'm not saying that's why he did better or anything. I didn't, I'm not saying they were both good picks. It's just like the logic behind it was kind of strange when you could get someone like Lanto Griffin, you know, a little bit better pick there at that same price point here. So kind of strange there. Uh, it was kind of a dead range at, in the end, at the end of the day as well in that price point here. But 
Aaron Wise, you know, week prior, like there's no reason to take on risky chalk this week is, is what I'm trying to say. And it sounds weird that there's risky chalk lately, but there kind of has been. So no reason to do that this week. So play it safe, but also kind of focus on players that do have upside because if you can get a top 10 this week, that's really going to help because we know we're going to be factoring in like a miscut here or there. So hopefully it's a good week this week. Uh, it, it could be interesting. So the last few weeks have kind of been easier. This one's definitely more difficult. So those slight edges that you can make in your lineup approach and in your player pools is going to be the difference here. So hopefully we have a good week. Hopefully we get another outright bet at this tournament, make it three straight years in a row. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, but yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this video. If you did, please give me a like and subscribe. And as always, guys, let's keep cashing.